So those of you that are joining us, uh, Luke, we're in Luke. Uh, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit. But the deal that I want to talk about today is that uh, is in this uh, Luke 137. Um, and I'm reading it out of the Passion Translation. So you can, um, so you, if, if you don't have the, re, uh, the translation, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it is in other translations. He says, not one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. Now, it says, uh, the, the rhema word of God is basically what he's talking about. The living word of God. And in uh, and, and Isaiah, he says, um, it says, God's word does not return to him without accomplishing what its purpose was, without accomplishing what it was set out to do. Mary, um, just very humble here, um, says, uh, you know, she, she gets surprised by this angel and he says to her that you're going to have a baby. And she goes, how is it? going to happen. I'm still a virgin. And uh, Gabriel, who is this angel, and we'll talk about him for a second, uh, answered, the spirit of holiness will fall on you and uh, almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child uh, born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your aged aunt Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son, the barren one. And uh, she's now six months um, pregnant. Not one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. Okay, so here's Mary. Gabriel comes down. Now, you remember Gabriel visited Zechariah. And uh, Gabriel says to Zechariah, your, your wife is going to have a son. Your wife is going to have a baby. And um, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm old, she's old. And um, so what he was starting to talk was um, a negative, he was starting to talk in a word that would negate the word that God was speaking. So... Gabriel says, you're not going to talk until the baby's born. Because he didn't want him to shut down what God was doing. Now, do you remember when Jesus went to the Pharisees? And Jesus said this. He said, he said, you negate the word of God by your traditions. Okay, you're negating. So what, what he's saying is that the, his word, God's word, is negated or made of no effect because of their unbelief or because of something that they had said. Now, the difference between, uh, and then the funny thing is, um, you know, uh, uh, Zechariah needed a sign, okay? Zechariah needed a sign, and uh, Gabriel says, I'm Gabriel, I stand before God, and you're not going to be speaking until the baby's born. Mary says, how can this be? I am still a virgin. So Zechariah was speaking out of unbelief and wanting to be proven to. Mary was wondering how it's possible that her being a virgin can have a baby because it doesn't happen. I mean, regardless of TV shows and other things that, that say that, you know, virgins can have babies, 
you know, they, they, they can't. I mean, uh, artificial insemination, yes, that can work. But we're talking about in reality. They didn't have artificial insemination back here. So she becomes pregnant. You know, he says, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and he will overshadow you. Okay, and he will impregnate you with the Son of God. Why is that? Well, because it had to have God in him. Okay, he had to have the DNA of God himself in him in order to break through um, uh, what he wanted to do here on earth. Now, a lot of people think that Jesus just came to die. He didn't come to die and rise again. He came to save the world. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then he gave a demonstration in his life on how to do that. How can we as Christians do that? Okay, that was the question. So um, in, this, in this process, you have to recognize that God has a plan, God has a purpose, and Jesus is able to fulfill it. And your purposes in life are only fulfilled through you doing those things in him, in Christ. You do them in the anointing. Now, Christ, again, I'm gonna say it, is not Jesus' last name, okay? Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is a title, the anointed one or the anointing. And we're supposed to go around as little Christians or Christians, little anointed ones going around and being Jesus to a world that desperately needs him. Now that's, a, that's all aside, but it's, a, um, it's, it's something that had to be said nonetheless. Not one promise, verse 37, not one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible for God. The word of God will never fail, okay? There is nothing impossible with God. Now this phrase comes with it, comes with the phrase is that this living word not one living word, not one thing that God has spoken does not have the power to fulfill its purpose, what it's set out to do. It contains within itself the power to fulfill itself. Okay? Because nothing is impossible for God. With man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. He says that later. So Mary responds to this and says, that's amazing. I will be a mother of our, for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has done for me or whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. See the difference between her and Zechariah? Zechariah needed proof. She needed to know, to understand how it was gonna possibly be. No spoke, no, every spoken word of God. This is how you can translate verse 37. Every spoken word of God carries with it the power to accomplish what it was set out to do because there is nothing that is impossible for God. Now I wanna build on this just for a few minutes, if you don't mind. 
And that is, even if you do mind, I'm going to do it because this is my podcast. Um, <clears throat> people have to understand that this is the God of the impossible. He is God of the impossible, okay? He has done, you know, the Bible says, we, we, we sing a song, he has done great things. He has done great things. Andre Crouch wrote that song. He has done great things. Okay? He does miracles. David saw the miracle working of God. Take a look at what David tells us all. Take a look at all the things that God has done. And just know. Just know that God has done it, okay? Because he has done wondrous deeds, okay? And we get to do it. We, we get to walk in that. See that God does impossible things. Now, we are praying prayers today that we can, that doesn't need a God of, of impossibles. We are praying prayers today of, you know, God wants to go deeper than our possibilities. He wants to go further than our possibilities. Okay, one thing that I, that I long for, I, I ask, I'm starting to ask God for impossible things, things that I cannot accomplish in and of myself. And so you shouldn't do it either either. You shouldn't do it either. Start asking God for impossible things. Ask God to, to restore the attic. Ask God to um, provide for your needs. Ask God to save your family. Ask God to set you free from depression. Now, this is the season that is really, really difficult for a lot of people. And soul health is so important in this season. You know, people that are discouraged, you, 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 you pray for them, not just that they would not be discouraged, but you pray that God would reveal to them something impossible. <clears throat> I had somebody come up to me yesterday and they needed something. And, and so I prayed bigger than what they thought. Pray bigger, because he's a God of the impossible. Well, what if he doesn't do it? What if he does? You have to pray like you believe a God who can do impossible things. Remember he told the disciples with man, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Do you believe it? Or is it just kind of like going in one ear and out the other? Now, Elizabeth, Elizabeth was um, 
pregnant with John at the time, six months pregnant with John at the time. And then I don't know why Gabriel told her except to remind her that God can do impossible things. Jesus came that he might shed his blood for us. Jesus came that he would shed his blood for us. Right? That's what he did. And that's what he wants to do every day. He wants to show his blood is all powerful. Remember, when Jesus died on the cross, you know, he had... um, the the Romans weren't really really nice and 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 I don't want to um, lighten what the what crucifixion was actually what they did to Jesus because it was awful, but one of the things was that that uh, Jesus was beaten with rods, he had a crown of thorns you know, some of those thorns were about that thick penetrating his his scalp and he bled and he just bled and he bled and they put the nails in his hand and his in his feet and crucifixion was to was to make you suffer so much that you died of suffocation more than you died of the lack of blood they beat him with a cat of nine tails and his blood was shed his body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us. And the blood of Jesus, 1 John 1 says, covers us from all sin, cleanses us from all sin. Power in the blood. But then at the end of it all, he's laying on the cross, I'm thirsty, John, take care of my mom. She's your mother now, mom. This is your son now. And then on the cross, he says something. He says, it is finished. What was finished? The Bible says that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. When God turned his back on Jesus, it was the first time in all of eternity that that ever happened. But God had to because the sin that was in Jesus, Jesus became that sin. So that we don't have to die, we get to live because of Jesus' death. The Bible says first uh, in the Galatians 2.20 uh, that we have been, past tense, crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it is no longer we who lives, but God lives in us. In his life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for us. I'm going to read it out of the Passion. Galatians 2.20. He says, My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. Okay? So your old habits don't live any longer. Hear what I said. 
My old life is not alive anymore. My old identity, my sinner identity was co-crucified and no longer lives for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. That's why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness, the anointed one would have uh, died for nothing. Jesus didn't die for nothing. Jesus died so that we can live. Live an unoffendable life. Live a life unoffended. Live a life that is worthy of the calling, as Paul says. I see bumper stickers, and I've said this many times. Uh, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I hear it from the pulpits, and that's not a truth. That's a partial truth. You were a sinner, and you are saved by grace. Now you are the righteousness of God in Christ. He made him who knew no sin to become sin. He embodied sin. And when he died, so did the power of death. So did the power of sin. You don't have to sin anymore. God loves you. And he's given you a way out. Won't you give your life to him today? Won't you live your, give your life to him today and let him see your face. Let you see his face. And let him become your father. You can do that. Just ask him into your heart today. Would you do that? Anyway, you can contact me at uh, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. I'll put it in the description. Um, you know, if you want to give to this ministry, you're, you're more than welcome to email me and I'll tell you how to do it or DM me and I'll tell you how to do it. Okay. I have cash App, Venmo, PayPal. Um, I have two books out. One is called SOS, a 50 day journey into the heart of God. It's a devotional geared for five to 10 minutes a day. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com. You can get it all over. If you need a copy, uh, it's $20 if you get it from me. That includes shipping. And uh, we can get it out to you. And um, yeah, so if you do that, that'll be great. Um, remember, there are people around you every day that are looking for life. And you get to be the embodiment of Jesus. For their lives. And so uh, my second book is called uh, From Breakdown to Breakthrough, My Journey to Soul Health. There's resources in gaining soul health. I'm also writing another book. It's called, uh, it's called Our Identity in Christ in Pertaining to, in Pertaining to Soul Health. I didn't put it in the Soul Health book. I forgot. <laughs> 
but it deals with who you are in Christ. And I need it. I, I need this, declare these things every day. Anyway, well, God bless you guys. Thank you for joining me today. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to be at the airport tomorrow. I may do a live from the airport uh, tomorrow. We'll see what goes on. Anyway, if you want to um, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tom and Sarah, you can subscribe to my podcast, Tom and Sarah. And, um, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can watch me here every day. Share these videos. Okay. Share the videos. Anyway, God bless you guys. You have a great day and we'll talk to you the next time. Those of you on my podcast, I want to tell you that there is such a, a powerful anointing. If you want to um, know more about Jesus, go ahead and send me an email. And, uh, and, and uh, just send me the email, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com, and I'll tell you how to give your life to Jesus and how to walk with him. And the most important thing is get yourself into a Bible-believing church, okay? God bless you. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.